and we have super awesome, good-looking Linda Pinizzato joining us here. No pressure, Linda. No who pressure. Is, who is, <laughs> but you do. Who is, uh, who is the founder and president of the uh, Condo Owners Association of Ontario, right, yes. Linda? Yes, absolutely. And we've had you on the show before, and we always enjoy our conversations. Um, but you're also uh, uh, the government uh, relations chair of the Mississauga Real Estate Board. That's right. And yeah. you're on the committee for the Toronto Real Estate Board, uh -huh. right? I yeah. gotta tell you, boy, Mississaugans are very, very lucky to have you. You are one passionate lady. She's doing it for all of Ontario. <laughs> now, I guess, Ontario. I guess well, because she's so much in demand. Well, you know, a lot of things happen because of what happens at local level of real estate. And a lot of people don't realize it, but it's actually the government relations committees and the chairs uh, at all the local levels of real estate that make a difference at provincial and federal level. So we work with the Ontario Real Estate Association and the Canadian Real Estate Association. So and the you next speak time, for yeah. the common person, though, right? This is who you're, you're voicing for the regular person who is buying a condo. Oh, absolutely. Like on the Condo Owners Association. There, there's a bit actually, it's kind of interesting because there is an overlap with the two of them and that's why now the Ontario Real Estate Association is all, also getting involved with submitting uh, recommendations okay. to the Minister regarding the Condo Act. And uh, so, you know, it's interesting because when you think about real estate, you know, sometimes people think, well, if you're lobbying for real estate, it's because you're a realtor and it's real estate. But on the provincial governance side, it's, uh, it's about the homeowner's protection plans, increasing, uh, you know, like changing brownfield properties uh, as far as developing them, changing. making sure that they're clean. Brownfield properties are toxic waste uh, properties that cannot be built on because they need to be cleaned. Okay. And not to get off subject, but if a builder wants to come in and clean those properties, um, they would be paying regular tax dollars okay. uh, on their property taxes, which really wouldn't be working very well because why would they want to pay regular tax dollars on property tax when meanwhile they can't develop it until it's cleaned? So oh, the Real seem. Estate Association stepped forward and uh, we lobbied government to change that so that there would be a tax exemption and therefore the properties can get cleaned up. But those are the type of things that, you know, ARIA and Korea and local government relations chairs get involved in, um, which actually long-term helps consumers and it helps the general public. And now, of course, it's the Condominium Act. And let's, let's talk about that because mm -hmm. you, you created the... the Condo Owners Association of Ontario. And of course, the condo sector is growing, and it seems more and more of people, when they're considering buying a home, they, they, they are thinking condos. And it's a, it's well, it's a, far it's more a affordable. Very, it's just well, affordable. It's more affordable because we have to grow vertically, right? So mm -hmm. it's like this is a okay. kind of a new thing for people, right? And so uh, it seems to me that if there's a, a legislative framework for this, it has to mature along with the market and and you're involved intimately in this whole procedure aren't you i am you know hugh i'm so glad that you said a key word there mature at the same time as the market that hasn't happened mm. do you know that while we've had all this construction going on okay so if you take 2002 when things started to explode so 2005 2006 do you know that our condominium act is 1998. It's 14 years old, over a decade. With no changes? With no changes. No okay, changes. So and certainly not, not anything viable that, uh, you know, because there's just, there's problems with new construction, there's problems with existing buildings. I mean, um, unfortunately, our government has just left it aside while all this construction has gone on. And now taxpayers and the consumer, not necessarily even condo owners, are paying the price. 
Yeah, and mm. you know what? I think about it, and I think about some of these uh, situations where you've got to manage a, a capital pool that's going to address maintenance concerns as mm -hmm. these condo buildings age. And I think at some point, if these things aren't managed properly, there's going to be a huge disaster. And that disaster is going to be borne either by the condo owners themselves or by the taxpayer, ultimately. Well, I would love to say that that hasn't been the case, but unfortunately mm -hmm. we're there right now. There are a substantial amount of condominiums out there that, you know, the value of the building is 200000 Say, for instance, their unit is $200,000. And uh, unfortunately, the owners are getting hit with maintenance fees that are 650, 700, 800. I looked at one today. Oh my God, I, I couldn't believe that one. I was I lost track of time with that one. And $350,000 purchase. The maintenance fee was 950 a month just for maintenance fee, and it does include hydro. So, so let me ask you, Linda, why would anybody do that if they can just buy an apartment and then just? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me if you're going to... Are you better off to invest your money elsewhere? No, you know, people... See, the key thing is people nowadays, they need a place to live. Right. You know, and, and home ownership is a dream. So we're not trying to hurt the dream. We're trying to help the dream. We're trying to enhance it and protect the dream. And, th and that's what we're hoping that our provincial government will do. Start protecting the dream of home ownership. And certainly the people that are owning right now, but also, you know, the condo buyers. Because everything that's new right now is going to be resale around the corner. And yeah. they're going to basically experience the exact same problems. Um, the minister has already, in the Condo Act review, mm -hmm. maybe if I could you know, throw some light onto it. Yeah, because it, yeah. just to give a little bit of background. So uh -huh. it, the Act's 14 years old or whatever. And right. now they're looking at uh, making some revisions to it. And they've, re they've, they've reviewed it. And you've been part of that process, right? Absolutely. We've been, COA was, uh, I founded it in March of 2010. And uh, after lobbying and advocating for condo owners' rights very heavily, in June 2012, the McGuinty government announced building a better condo act, which was the beginning stages of the review. And to top that off, if you actually type in Condo Owners Association Build a Better Condo Act, we are right on the provincial government website. So it's, uh, it's been a tremendous honor to, to get that far in such a short period of time. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank Except it's, it's, there's some problems. Well, that's the right? problem. <laughs> so let's talk about that. And, and yeah. uh, why haven't all your concerns been addressed? Well, put it this way. When we walked into, when the Condo Owners Association and our participants walked in to the room on stage one, there were nine participants in the room. And at that time, we, we held a strong voice because of the amount of people involved. Okay. And going through the first stage, we addressed a lot of concerns that weren't really even topics of conversation which concerned us. Um, in particular, we'll hit one, which was licensing of property management companies. We mm. found that the general consensus in the room, which uh, over 95% are service-related trades, which may have a conflict of interest considering that they're dealing directly for-profit levels in the whole condo world, uh, we're very anxious to only push that licensing towards property managers as opposed to property management companies. The concern that COA had is the fact that the managers are only employees. You know, they, they make, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year and it's their job to keep the board of directors happy so that they don't lose the contract right. on right. behalf of their property management company. So, but it's their company that has the contract. 
It's their company that may be doing the financials as far as the bookkeeping and so and on of the corporation. And it's their company they're loyal to as opposed to the residents in the, in the building. Right, and the board of directors because they are the ones that are going to say, okay, Bob, you know, we like the way you're working here on behalf of ABC Property Management Company, so we're going to keep your contract. So the problem is, is that the fact mm. that the property management company is not licensed is a huge detriment uh, to condo owners because of, you know, maybe there's a lack of, lack of governance, maybe there's a transparency issue. Um, the comment that came in the room that time, it, it, it shocked me. <laughs> um, the comment was, well, Linda, we don't represent the condo owners, we represent the board. Wow. And that told me every, everything I needed to know right well, from what that, is that one. What does that tell you? Because the board... That, wishes, just, they, that just, tells you they wish wait, they could take it back. Wait, I'm trying to <laughs> think this through, Linda. <laughs> yes. And, and the boards are really run by or, or elected by the condo owners, right? Exactly. And the condo boards have a fiduciary responsibility to look after the affairs of the corporation in a proper business-like uh, fashion and also have transparency and governance to follow the Condominium Act. However, the Condominium Act is self-governed. It's not like you, you know you go on the highway and you you're speeding and you get a traffic ticket and now all of a sudden you have to um, um, you're Report you're yourself. now in non-compliance to the Traffic Act, right? Mm -hmm. Because the Traffic Act has fines. Right. Right. I Health would... and Safety Act has fines. The Accessibility Act it has fines. So, but the Condominium Act, which affects 1.3 million lives, does not have any fine, and it's completely self-governed. So if you're a condo board member and you don't feel like following it and you want to close the door because you really don't care what the condo owners are saying and you've got overpriced contracts, you've got kickbacks, you've got forgery of proxies, who's going to stop you? So how would it work in your ideal world then? Because mm -hmm. what... You, I mean, you would kind of, wouldn't you, have to build a, a level of bureaucracy here that needs to be paid for, and, and bureaucracy has its own problems, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think the key thing is, right off the bat, property management companies need to be as licensed as well as property management, uh, property managers. I mean, both of them. And that licensing fee should not be the responsibility of a condo owner. It should be the responsibility of the trade. Any type of educational process mm -hmm. that those mm -hmm. property managers, there's been some um, disagreement with the fact that statements were made that the property managers, some of them didn't have uh, good qualifications. Well, then you've got to wonder why is any company hiring property managers without qualifications and giving them to an $80 million building? But on the other hand, I mean, these, you know? uh, no, mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking that the property managers, they're hired are they not by the board? Uh, property managers are uh, delegated by the... What happens is the, the property management company mm -hmm. gets the contract. And then what they do is they delegate a property manager. But if the board of director doesn't like that property manager, mm -hmm. they will ask for another one to be appointed to the building. Right. Can they, what process do they have to go to, through in order to get rid of the property management company? Um, they, most, most contracts on property managements are 30 or 60 day cancellation, no different okay. from any other okay. contract okay. that you would have, whether it be security or cleaners or, you know, any kind of um, energy management contracts through the building. Uh, even, uh, you know, generally speaking, most condominium buildings don't contract condo lawyers. They use them as a, uh, you know, pay for services type okay. of structure. But 
on a contract, if, if a condo board wasn't happy with the property management company, then what they would do is they would uh, relieve them of their contract. If they didn't like their property manager, then they would call the company, they would call the okay. company and say, look, you know, give us a different property manager. Okay, so why, right. okay, I'm going to yes. be the devil's advocate okay. for a little bit, but why would, like, you know, these boards are presumably acting on behalf of the condo owners, because right. they're elected by the condo owners, and they are trying to they're going to hire a company, whether or not they're licensed, but they're going to hire a company, a property management company, they're going to hire the best one they can, you would think, for, for whatever money they have available. Well, that's what you would, in a perfect world, you would hope that that would happen. And in most cases, uh, condominium fees should not be going up any more than maybe the cost of living every year. But some buildings are going up incredibly high. And the problem is, is that during our review process, we've already identified that there's a disconnect with property managers and board of directors on one side of the, the puzzle, mm -hmm. and on the other side is the condo owners, where condo owners are asking for copies of minutes, they don't receive them. Mm -hmm. They're asking for explanations on condo budgets, they don't receive them. So why is this happening, though? Because they are, those boards are elected by the members, uh -huh. and so why is there a disconnect? Presumably they are also condo owners. Absolutely, but they control the office. So if they want to shut down that information, then if you as a condo owner, Hugh, mm -hmm. think about it. You, you live in a condo building. You've been there for a number of years. You look at your financials, and you see that you know, your maintenance fees are really going high, and you can't justify it anywhere. Mm -hmm. Granted, you have your annual general meeting. 40, 50 people show up at the meeting, even though there's 300 owners in the building. Nobody's really you know, asking to, uh, for accountability. Mm -hmm. And the board of directors is quite comfortable doing, making their decisions. It's made, they're empowered mm -hmm. by being a board. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden you start asking questions and they don't like the fact that you are, then how do you get answers? Well, okay. Yes. Okay. I can see that. And this is the right. whole problem. That's the problem. I mean, this is why condos are such a tricky yes. way of doing home ownership because you have to make those certain decisions collectively on the behalf of all the condo owners and governance is always an issue so how like will this problem be overcome what is is there uh in comes will, linda i i, I don't <laughs> you know just by licensing the these companies well, i'm not sure how that's part. going to that's, yeah that's what are some only of the other one parts? yeah that's only one part of the of the whole review um but if you're talking about accountability and governance so mm -hmm. your contracts should be i mean if you're contracting with a a, a engineering company, they're licensed. If you're contracting with lawyers, firms, they're licensed. If you're contracting with plumbers, electricians, they're all licensed. Mm. So the bottom line is, is that the Ministry of Consumer Services need to put contracting of property management companies and property managers licensed. So who would license them? The, that trade, uh, and they can work on the but, particulars of that. But getting away from that, if, okay. if you don't mind, is that I, I want to talk about the second phase um, so that was in the first phase of the discussions, okay? So then we moved on to the second phase. Okay. And COA was feeling at the second phase that we were actually making an impact of the recommendations on the table that would benefit condo owners. And it all has to do with consumer protection, accountability, um, more awareness, uh, due disclosure, all these type of issues. Okay. Interesting enough, when we walked in the room, on the second phase, all of a sudden, there was 35 to 40 people in there and 95% service-related trades. Wow. Exactly. So now we became mm. a minority vo voice, a tremendous minority <sighs> voice 
in a mechanism mm. that was basically all self-consuming for the individual companies. And that was a huge concern because in the room we only had, and anybody today can go look at the panel and they will see, what they will see is they will see property management companies, uh, condo lawyers, condo engineers, um, developers, um, you know, anything in the service-related trade. So what happened there? So what happened? I, they got wind I think that you they guys got, were concerned yes, about COA. Yes, Absolutely, yes. they got concerned about COA, and they need to jump it. They need to shut it down. And then, then there was a group called the um, Public Policy Forum, uh, which was actually um, hired by the provincial government to oversee this engagement. Mm -hmm. And we submitted a complaint to them. We submitted a complaint to Premier Wynn. We submitted it to the Minister of Consumer Services, saying that we felt that this process was being tainted. And, uh, and sure enough, uh, then the Public Policy Forum decided not to put the Condo Owners Association into what's called is the um, um, expert panel. And who's wow. the expert panel? Okay. And I'll explain and you'll see where we're coming from. Is that there's, there's five panels. One panel working group. One, one working group would have been consumer protection. The other one was property management. The other one was financials. The other one was governance. So all of these working groups would get together and talk about the issues at hand. The Condo Owners Association was involved with consumer protection. But at the same time, we had two condo lawyers who oversaw that working group, and we became a minority in that working group. The recommendations from that working group, wow. along with the other working groups, went to the expert panel who had no representation for condo owners, and those are the representations and the um, recommendations that are being put on the table today, which so means condo no owners have been totally left out in, in right field. Okay, so... Uh Wow, that's really, really important. It's what, disappointing. What is not being you know? then included in the, in, the, um, in the recommendations for the next Condo Act? Well, there's, there's, it, it's, hard. it's such a complicated, the Condominium Act is so complicated. And, and it's hard to just zero into that. But, but here's a key thing, if I could mention, and, and I'll read it from you from one of our... Um, for instance, rather than having members, because if you think about condominiums, mm -hmm. okay, it's not just about service-related trades. It's about how people live their lifestyle and what other aspects affect living in condominiums. Okay, okay. so for instance, on new development, Tarion, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. N-Wave, the cost of hydro on condos is unbelievable. One-third of their budget today is, is hydro. So you would think wow. a representative of N-Wave should have been involved in this review to talk about that. How about fire prevention? Do you know how much money the condominium, every time the fire alarm is pulled, you're talking $1,000, never mind fire prevention inside the building itself. Wow. Some of these, what about safety, life safety systems within the building? No representative from them were involved. Ontario Municipal Board, OMB is overriding decisions nonstop on height restrictions across the city and people are combating why certain buildings are being torn down, heritage buildings are being torn down. Um, electrical Safety Authority, huge. Because the minute you start doing retrofitting, you're compromising your electrical power in the, in the building. Police association. The police know exactly what's going on in so many different buildings across the city. They're right at the forefront. So what are you saying? These groups should be involved? Yeah, they yeah. all should have had input. No, nobody had input. I'll go further. Ontario Heritage Association, the Fire Safety Association, the Accountant Association. 
Canadian financial officers, they're the ones that have to put mortgaging on these properties. How about Municipal Property Assessment Corporation, how they're determining how they're putting taxes? I mean, you're paying taxes for Sky. You don't have land. Uh, insurance brokers, do you know how much trouble it is nowadays to get insurance on some of these condo buildings? And do you know what the deductibles are? They're insane. You could get Why an insurance so policy that's got $100,000 as a deductible. It depends on how many claims. It depends on fault. It depends on risk. It's, it's huge. It's, wow. it's so bombarded. Um, representatives of ratepayers associations, every single ratepayers in the area should have had an invitation to be part of this review. What's a ratepayer? A ratepayer is community groups that have got together that are concerned about their community and okay. issues that are happening in their community. Yeah, so they have their finger sense. on Absolutely. the pulse Absolutely. on that community. And then, to be honest with you, we, we talked a little bit about different acts where mm -hmm. there's fining. Health and Safety Act, a representative. Do you know that there's people wow. in the building that are hoarders? You could have a unit that blows up and you haven't dealt with Health and Safety Act. Planning, building, zoning, uh, occupational, how about um, even, energy um, efficiency. How, but, how about even, and I think this is a big thing with condos, a lot of international. Oh, big time. Big time. Buyers, and so, so you're really, which is really inflating. Number, it, it's lowering the value. Is, is, well, I guess it's increasing the value, I guess, because you're having these international buyers who are renting them out, right? Well, you have, there's, a, there's a mixed thing. We put it on the table. We were concerned about short-term leasing. Some people have uh, websites now that you can literally rent a condominium apartment for two days on a weekend. So it's, wow. they're training it, they're teaching it like it's a hotel. So it compromises your safety in the building, com compromises your security, and now all of a sudden it also uh, impacts the longevity of our hotels. I mean, hotels and restaurants, they depend on that money to survive and give us that entity of our economy. So you can't have that if you've got a lot of... And what if you have... Um, over 50% of out-of-country investors that own in your building. Then what? Are there some buildings that have that? Possibly. Absolutely. Those ones right behind us. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, the, the point... That is very the, scary. That's the reason why that if the ministry was going to move forward with a Condo Act review, it is not about just listening to service-related trades that make an income on... On, uh, on the buildings themselves and may have a conflict of interest. It's about identifying the whole mechanism of how condominiums work and how many things will affect what you said, Hugh, vertical buildings. Well, it's, it's, you, you need to get all the stakeholders involved, right? Absolutely. But, but well, it seems yeah. to me, I Go just ahead, gotta yeah. say this, but okay. the people with the biggest stake are the condo owners themselves. Thank you. Right? Yes, that's yes. It. And do you to want me, to hear a shocker? Everything should center around them. You're 100% yeah. right. And the ministry, but this ministry put out a um, what they call as a residence panel, and they randomly chose 36 people to be part of a residence panel out of 1.3 million condo owners. They didn't ask for prerequisites of knowledge, okay. and some of those were actually tenants. And there was a board president who I spoke to the residence panel. I was one of the speakers. And he admitted in front of the entire panel about how he has to forge proxies uh, because otherwise he wouldn't be able to move forward with his quorum. And he was on the residence panel. So what's the, to, to me that says that the con owners themselves, mm -hmm. there's a, a high level of apathy among them. And they're just not involved in, what, in their own well-being in terms of their, their homes and what... They need to well, do. I think they're discouraged because they've probably tried and hit dead, uh, hit a wall. 
in their buildings they have. Uh, you know, chances are in their buildings they have, and then unless they want to move forward and hire a lawyer. But I sat at a uh, superior court uh, trial, and one condo owner, because COA, we get, we get people, I mean, they just have to register. It's $20 a year starting January 1st. And, uh, you know, and they can support the Condo Owners Association, which is what condo owners have to do. And uh, it's just coaontario.com. And we went to court uh, just to help a condo owner who decided to challenge the board. And unfortunately, she now had to turn back her keys to what? the bank. Why, and uh, it was uh, it was disgusting. What had happened was is a, a group of vigilante people in the building who decided that they wanted to overthrow a good board. Now comes the reverse. This was a good board. Okay. okay. They decided that they're going to bring their own lawyer. There was a dozen of them. They came into the AGM. They forced their lawyer to take over the AGM that, that how night. How did they do that? I don't know. That's insane. I, I don't even understand how it happened. It, it's unfortunate that she didn't call us before because we got in on the later part of it all. She actually did come on my uh, condo expert radio show because I started a radio show to talk about condo issues and people call in and, and so on. Um, and the sad part about it was is that the judge at Superior Court wasn't sure if uh, he could change the decision of the acting lawyer who just showed up at that AGM and wasn't even um, hired by the corporation. It, it, was, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen, and it was sad. Okay, Linda. So, so, so the act is still uh, being looked at, and it's uh, they're going to put a new act together. And um, I don't know. I mean, it, it just sounds like there are so many issues that, uh, and and if you're a condo owner, you you need to be concerned about it. What I mean, what can people do really? Um, well, the big thing that they can do now is really is join the condo owners association. If if you think about it, the strength of the teachers associations. Mm. If you think about the strength of ACTRA the power of the people or the NHLPA or or any any type of associations that are out there, whether it be for lawyers and doctors, accountants and nurses and so on. If if they didn't have an association, they would not be able to have a strength of a united voice. And condo owners need to understand that it's not just about their unit. It's not even just almost about their building. It's about the entire governance and structure of the Provincial Condo Act, which means that you need a governing association to help you. And it's for $20 a, a month, a year, a yeah. year. That's it. That's, I mean. Well, this is it. And, you know, we're moving into stage three. Um, they actually had, uh, in last-minute notice, notified us that they were going to have a meeting this evening. But, you know, I mean, now we're in Christmas holidays, two weeks away from Christmas. And, uh, you know, and to be it's honest with you, I think moving into Stage 3 is going to be interesting. If people want to take a look at all of the submissions, mm -hmm. COA has, we have submitted so many submissions with recommendations. So is this stuff all on your website? It's all on the website. We've got, we've got so much information for condo owners on the website, and we have that channel, and it's going to be, this is going to be on the website as well. And, um, you know, because it's, uh, people can't grasp it. It's, it's so complex mm -hmm. that they can't grasp it immediately. It takes time for them to get it, and that's why we need a lot of exposure out there so people will truly understand that the issue goes beyond um, just their building and even their, just their unit. Well, I just think that it's uh, you know? great that uh, you, Linda, you know, you've taken mm -hmm. on this challenge. You saw the need, 
you took the the step to create the Condo Owners Association, and now and and you're putting so much into it, so much expertise, so much Passion. work into oh. trying to lobby the government to create a legislative framework that's going to actually serve condo owners, and 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 uh, and you're doing this on it really on behalf of all the condo owners mm -hmm. in Ontario. So I think if uh, people are watching this and they're condo owners, they should check out the website at least and have a look at the work that you're doing and. Uh, seriously consider supporting the organization because you're acting on yeah, their okay. behalf. And, and I'm sure you could use their help too. Oh, big time. Well, you know, it's funny too is that we opened the door. Um, I don't know if you know, but CBC did a documentary uh, called the, the Condo Game. And uh, Lionel Goddard, the producer, got uh, director, sorry, he got in touch with us in June. And he came all the way to the radio station. Um, he actually got us involved in the movie, uh, in the documentary. But it was more geared about new construction and all the problems with new construction mm -hmm. with the falling glass and the fact that long-term sustainability of mm -hmm. these buildings could mm -hmm. be a challenge down mm -hmm. the road. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we were really honored to be part of that documentary. Okay. But that shows you how uh, well-recognized and respected COA is. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, Hugh, what you're saying, we really sincerely appreciate your shout out for us because, you know, we've done absolutely everything to to be on the right side for condo owners. And um, that long-term sustainability doesn't just affect condo owners. See, if somebody has a house, a single family detached house, okay, they can't sell their house unless those condos are selling. So it affects our economy. It affects our, our whole overview of real estate. Any, think, anything to do with, you know, all the way through yeah. because it's a domino effect. Yeah. And, and not I think, just... And right. People understand that. I think people think, oh, I own a house. I don't have to work. I can, just, I can shut my ears off. And yeah. that's, you're just saying that's not the case. No, it's not the really case weird. because they have to understand. And not only that, you know, you've got the seniors who are downsizing. Um, they're on a restricted income. They can't afford their maintenance fees. So now what? I mean, they can't sell their property because there's very little value in it now. Where are they going to move to? Yeah, you've got to keep those maintenance fees as low as possible. Otherwise, yeah. what are you buying? That's the right? problem. You got it. You're paying a whole bunch of money and then you're paying That's more That's what I'm rent. saying. For those seniors, oh, yeah. they could just go into an apartment, pay the same price, and mm -hmm. not have to worry about And, you know, in some ways, the apartments offer more rights because the city is now involved and the condo are, are playing God. The condo board gets to play God. That's right. And so that seems like a, a, a real discrepancy there. Well, you got it. And, and then, too, on top of it, now you have your provincial government saying, oh, we need affordable housing. You know, we're not going to build any more apartment buildings because we need affordable housing. So now the builders are stepping in and they're saying, okay, fine, you can buy a unit for $200,000, affordable housing. They're dropping the square footage. Oh, it's ridiculous. They're matchboxes. They're 450 it's square ridiculous. feet. Yeah. And do you want to hear a key thing that we brought on the table at the Condorac Review that got shut down real quick? What? The public doesn't know this, but when you buy square footage from a developer, you're buying exterior measurements. You're not getting living space. So if it's 450 square feet, you have to subtract about 6 to 8 inches, even 12 inches, inside the concrete wall. Because they're counting the concrete. You got it. They're, they're counting wow. the exterior measurements of it. And but it's your concrete, Sandra. <laughs> no, it's but not because it's facing the outside. It's common. It's, yes. It's not. And that was one of the things, too, because you asked, you know, what did COA submit? Uh, we submitted a slew of recommendations of disclosure that builders should be putting on the table, that uh, buyers should be signing off to, mm -hmm. recognizing that they understand 
what the square footage is. They understand uh, what the implications are on HST if they were an investor. They understand, um, you know, what they can expect as far as expenditures on closing, what occupancy means versus registering the building. Um, all of these key things which are very, very important to them. And that, to some degree, got shut down where the government now wants to put together a brochure so that the brochure, brochure can be handed out. Well, we don't believe it should be a brochure. It should be a disclosure with acknowledgement of receipt by the buyer. Well, okay. Maybe. Wow. So good luck with all this because uh, I think uh, it's, it's going to mean a lot for the whole province. Uh, as we move forward and as more and more people uh, are living in condos. So I wish you all the best. Two things. I just want to mention two things. Yes. First of all, I know why they want to shut you down because you're a force to reckon with. I have to say. I, I would be afraid if I were on the other side, I have to say. Um, and number two, is there anything positive at this point that you can leave us with? <laughs> positive, yes. You know, I'm finding that um, where we're not expecting it and it's all of a sudden jumped to the occasion was CBC, you know, the documentary mm -hmm. contacting us. Uh, we did a uh, condo hero contest with Allstate Insurance of wow. Canada who came on board uh, with the Condo Owners Association. I was a judge <laughs> with, uh, with the uh, president, CEO of Allstate. Um, now we're finding that GEEP uh, International and uh, GLAD, we're going to be talking to them about moving forward. So we're finding that multi-billion dollar corporate companies are stepping forward and wow. saying, hey, you know, we could work with COA. So I think that as that grows, everything else is a domino effect. Are these developers? Any developers? No, no, they're not. What they're all about Thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> Recycling and bringing in waste ideas, Yay. and uh, you know, so, yes. again, helping helping you know condo corporations and buildings. And these are more focused on communities. Yes, absolutely. And, yeah, and that yeah. seems to me where you need where where the real strength is. It's because this is a community. That's right. A condo is a community. Yeah, or absolutely. Should be. Yeah. yeah, and you know, and I'd love to draw the attention to iTunes because you know I did. I, I thought you know we were getting to the point where we were trying to use the website to shout out and Twitter and of course coming on that channel and and doing all these different things and we've set up twenty six different Twitter accounts of. 26 divisions of COA, like you've got the wow. Condo Owners Association Ontario, and the, below that we have divisions, just like the police department. Okay. So you have COA Toronto, COA Hamilton, COA Ottawa, Kitchener, Waterloo, Sudbury, North Bay, Niagara Falls. And, um, and so we were looking for committee members of all the different divisions who will work with us and develop COA in all the districts, which are part of the division. So if you think about the ridings... Yes, I was okay. just going to visualize That's that where you visualize yes, it? Yeah. Yes, so yes. if you think of Trinity Spadina, for instance, you know, down by, um, you know, the, the ACC mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. on, that's all Trinity Spadina. So it's Co-Ontario, the division is Co-Toronto, and the district is Trinity Spadina. So I can see how politicians might eventually oh, want... So this is how another way in which Co-A can gain strength and gain the government on their side, right. because... So this is why it's really important for membership numbers to increase because you strengthen your power when, when the riding see, wait a second, these guys are really growing in numbers. And I, if, I, if I want to get my constituents mm -hmm. on my side, this would be one angle I would use Absolutely. to get to know them. And that was why, that was why I mean, it was a lot of sleepless nights <laughs> trying to figure out how to structure this to, to truly work with our politicians because they hold the key you. to mm -hmm. positive change. And uh, the condo owners, they hold the key for their long-term sustainability, equity growth, and, uh, and, and, and you know what? A, a good lifestyle. 
Which is what it's all about, isn't well, it? Well, that's the dream. Yeah, it is. That's the and that's dream. why the condo, you know, that's why the seniors thing bothers me tremendously. Like, you know, the politicians need to pay attention. It's the seniors that are doing the majority of voting. So and, you know, we're all going to be a senior one day. Unfortunately, <laughs> yes. Some not so <laughs> no, far. No, he's not going to. <laughs> Some not so far, right, I'm Hugh? not voting when I get old. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Just kidding. Of course I'm going to vote. Wow. Thank you. I you think know. you should become prime minister. Oh, well, that would be an interesting <laughs> challenge. <laughs> I actually met Jean Chrétien uh, at one of the PAC conventions in uh, Parliament Hill because that was the advantage of being on government relations is, okay. is that every year, three times a year, we go down to Parliament Hill and we meet with our local MPPs and MPs, depending on the subject at that time that we're right. lobbying for. Right. Right. And, uh, and it's wonderful. I mean, the, the amount of... Um, information and knowledge that you receive certainly a lot of it has helped me to okay. to get the idea of COA as far wow. as how to do it or try and at least put some pieces together okay wow. Linda so people can check out coaontario.com yes. and uh, where, where do they get your radio show oh um, they can just if they go into coaontario.com there's a direct link or they can just type in iTunes Linda Pinizzato or iTunes condo expert with just c-o-n-d-o X-P-E-R-T, okay. and, uh, and that will lead them. There's about 120 shows on there right now and growing. Great. Okay. My goodness, I don't know where you get the time to do anything else. <laughs> well, else they have there? COA Toronto, too. Like we did, because Toronto is such a huge city with so many condos, we have uh, created a separate website for uh, COA Toronto okay. because uh, we've now invited all the ratepayers associations to have links on that website wow. so that we can try and embrace all of their community activity, too. Wow. Wow. Good okay, job. so Core Toronto, yes. two people can check out, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> okay thanks.